Hi, this is Doug. Welcome to Living Like a Newbie, a weekly conversation that Carrie and I have about what's been going on. So how did the week go? Our week has been, well, it's Monday after Daylight Savings Time, so that's always a doozy. And we expect it to be a doozy for the next week, I guess. It takes about a week. You think that it shouldn't take that long, a couple of days. By Wednesday, I'm usually thinking we should be able to move on. And it just doesn't happen that quickly. It takes a full week to be able to change over into that. Yeah. So we have daylight savings time. We just, this past week, we started two things. We're uh, doing new boundaries on our media. We are also, for homeschooling experiment, I'm not entirely sure why, we're doing military time. Military time. For those of us who knows how to tell time in our family. Well, I, and I see uh, uh, Cody signed on. It's good to see you, Cody. Congratulations on uh, on filming, uh, completing that filming. I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, that product. The military time is a new thing for me. I'm not big on it. I've always wanted to try it, but I was always afraid I wouldn't understand really what time it was. So when we get into like 1700, 1800, um, like what does that mean? Am I supposed to be eating dinner? Am I supposed to be going to bed? I, I was... <laughs> But our son wanted to do it, and we thought, oh, okay, we'll do it. And now I just find myself doing subtraction. So if it's 18, I think, okay, i got to take two away from that. It's actually 6 o'clock, so I should be eating. Um, if it's 2200, then I'm thinking, oh, no, it's I, I should be going to bed by now. So I, yeah. I'm, it's starting to settle in. So it's an experiment for us. We acknowledge that there are plenty of people who use it as part of their profession, or it's not anything unique to them. So... You can laugh at us all you want, but right. it's fun for us. And so we had that, and we've had a birthday celebration. So it's just been kind of, I guess, just another week in the life of... Yeah. We did the the Bob Ross painting party for Bailey, mm-hmm. turning 14, and that was a lot of fun. It was a lot more cleanup um, than I thought, a lot more um, to do. I thought you just kind of yeah. sit back and let him do that, but it doesn't... It, it didn't work that easily. Yep. I'm going to quick save this or share this on my Facebook page. Okay. So if you're out there and you're watching, um, whether it's live or whether it's uh, rebroadcast, uh, go ahead and give us a like or a, th- a like on this if you like your spouse. And if for some reason like doesn't uh, convey the emotion you have for your spouse at the moment, there's you know a number of other emojis that you could use in there. So just use the one that you feel best fits your current uh, situation and how you feel about your spouse right now yeah hopefully, i see becca's joined too hi becca hopefully you like your spouse but i can i can fully admit that even i'd say last month it was a couple months ago we had an, an issue and we were working through it and you said that we you thought we needed a date night and i did not want to go out anywhere with you because <laughs> i just didn't really like you at that point in time that's that seems and um I, I, it's hard to believe i know i'm i'm a likable guy yeah Oh. But they don't all live with you. They don't live. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not likable yeah. all the time. I, uh, unfortunately, I am. Yeah. I'm not a perfect man. I'm. I'm striving to be the best husband I can be and the best father and the best follower of Christ. But I. I fall short all the time. Yeah, unfortunately, we all do. <laughs> you just said yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yawing out of agreement. I was yawing because it's true. <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> Sometimes you think your wife's just gonna, you know, maybe lobby a softball there, but she's just, uh, she's hitting uh, truth bombs right now. So, 
There you go. <laughs> so we like to be honest, right? We absolutely. There is. We don't need to sugarcoat it at all. Mm-hmm. We have a lovely marriage, and we love each other, and we like each other as well, which is what we want to talk about tonight. What? Yes. If we don't like each other, we at least know that we need to get back to the like. Okay, so when when liking has subsided, yeah, we know that we're off from where we want to be. So we we move towards the liking instead of allowing that to bring us into a negative yep. place or pushing away from that spouse. We realize we have to do something about it. Or we also don't let it be something where we, in that stance, in that mindset, we make major decisions or yeah. we truly avoid each other. I said I didn't want to go on a date with you. We ended up going out that following weekend and it was a really good time of connecting. And so we don't let that aversion or that distaste, whatever it is, maybe we had a discussion before you headed off to work and then we were each doing our own thing for the day and my mind went down this road of blah, 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 complaining, you know, whatever led to it, we at least know not to stay there. Absolutely. And we, and we're not, we're not there long. Nope. Praise the Lord. The more that we practice uh, the art of liking each other, uh, the easier it is to, to move back towards that. So why are we telling people that they should like each other? Because in marriage, you make a you make a commitment. the The Lord is 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 up there. We're here together, striving to to get closer to Him. Isn't love enough? Well, what is like and what is love? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. So they don't they don't go hand in hand. No, they don't. You think they would? You think that in order to love, you have to like? So our vows didn't say, "I will like you till death do us part." That's true. But we made a commitment to love each other. And it's easier to say that love is, you just make the decision to love and all the commitments, the responsibility, the obligation, the, um, it's easy to, you know, put on that hat and let that be what gets you through the good times and the bad times. But the difference and the choice, making the choice to like your spouse, which is what we're talking about tonight, that is going to flavor all of your experiences. Ooh, flavor. So I like that. So you, you can have a job loss. You can have a miscarriage. You can have a celebration of adding a new baby to the family. You can have a promotion in the family. You can have um, business successes. And you'll have those ups and downs, but it's that that friendship and yeah. the, um, the compassion and that like aspect for the other person that's really going to make life enjoyable or not enjoyable uh do you remember i i posted when we were in preparation for this that song by ben richter i like you do you remember when we first heard it yeah what did you think of the song oh like did you get it right away uh no (laughs) you had to explain it to me well and i don't think you remember yeah i don't know that i got it right away either you're like oh what's this about liking and and you just there is a undertone to that song that it, it speaks more than even what the song says, even though I think the song uh, says a lot um, and not much needs to be added. There is just an extra layer of complexity to that song. Once you understand this principle of choosing to like your spouse, because it does make the in-betweens because that, that mountaintop high of, of love um, and even just being, I mean, there's times I look at you and it just drives me wild but those times aren't all the time. We, right. we have our normal times. And that's when that like really does, as you said, flavor whatever we're going through at that moment. 
Well, it's like any relationship, our relationship with the Lord, our friendships, um, the marriage relationship is the same. You're, you, you are never, well, you, you're not always in one place. You're either improving or you're, you're pulling away from one another. And it's that constant give and take based on many different factors. And so there needs to be a healthy tension. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, the relationship does flow. So what is that, um, how do you identify that? Well, I like the word tension. Yeah. Healthy tension. Um, but the te- tension, it it tells you that there's two sides. What yeah. are the two sides? Well, I'm not sure what you're getting at. There's <laughs> the there's too much. There's either too much arguing or too much agreeing. That's and yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Because it's not like there's I a need tension to put between. My cup down for this. Yeah, I've got I've got a cup too. It's not helping. <laughs> Um, so we have our scale. Yes. This is, yeah, this is what I was going for. Okay. So I'll be the, um, you, we've okay. previously talked about, you mean, um, the, the pH scale. We've yes. kind of briefly talked about that. So at the pH scale, you have acid and you have one through 14, the other end being a base, a base. And in the middle, so we have different pH levels smack in the middle is water, which is neutral. Yeah. And so you have anything you know, on either side of that is moving too far towards acid or too far towards the opposite of acid. And what we're saying in our example, acid is the friction, the friction, the fighting and base is kind of the agreeing just uh, what, yeah, whatever he says or whatever she says, sometimes it's the, if I just agree, they'll stop talking. These are all symptoms that you've strayed away from being in the middle. Now, staying in the middle is really difficult. So you mentioned, we, we do talk about kind of a pH scale. Uh, so you kind of have to do, if we're going to go down this analogy, a litmus test of where your relationship is at. Uh, this is probably pretty easy for you. Uh, you're going to know right away, are you, do you fight a lot or do you agree too much? And being agreeable is not a bad thing. It's just generally, if there is no push towards that healthy arguing, then something is not being said generally. Um, mm. Obviously, we can't speak to every single relationship, but if you're over overly agreeable, then that can that can mean that there is some unspoken issues that someone has either just decided it doesn't do them any good to bring it up, or uh, they just don't they just don't want to go through the the issues of having a fight or conflict. They just say, "I'll just be agreeable because that's the easy way to go." The interesting thing is is that if you look at, again with this analogy, on the pH scale, both sides um, are toxic. Both both sides, too far over, are going to tear away. Um, and so if you are too agreeable, that tears away at the relationship the same way if you're fighting too much. And, yeah. and so you're looking to have that healthy tension of getting to the middle, although the middle's difficult to get to and stay there because you're yeah. always kind of sliding up and down. You're one side or the other. But as you try to get there, you, you realize that. And earlier in our marriage, we didn't ever, we didn't fight very much at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, it's because we have a great relationship. And it was because, well, Carrie didn't feel like she could say anything to me uh, because I wouldn't hear her. I wouldn't validate what she was saying. I would try to tell her why what she was feeling was wrong or taken the wrong way. So she just became agreeable because it was easier for her. It was less hurtful, honestly, uh, because she tried to share an emotion and I was tearing away at it. So she became overly agreeable. And I thought, hey, marriage is so easy. We don't fight at all. And 
And now we don't fight a lot, but we do fight. Um, I, and I think it's a healthy fight where we bring up um, the concern, we talk about it, we figure out a solution, and we move forward. Now, that doesn't happen that quickly. Uh, sometimes um, those things, like when I said we should have a date night and it took a while, uh, that was a number of days before there was actually some kind of restoration in how you were feeling towards me. Uh, it just didn't happen quickly. And, and it, it came about a, a misunderstanding of verbal communication, which is where uh, I think a lot of our uh, conflict comes from, is misunderstood verbal mm -hmm. communication. And that happens uh, having five kids. Uh, it just isn't always... It, it's easy at times to be in a state where you say something incorrectly or maybe you receive words uh, the way they were unintended. So the litmus test for yeah. your marriage, what are some questions, what are some discussions that can be had to start that litmus test of your own marriage? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think the first thing to ask is, one, do you like spending time with your spouse? I mean, that's an easy question. Yep. And I know that there were times earlier on when um, even if we were to go on a date night, it was if we could go with someone else well, that was more enjoyable because didn't really enjoy the one-on-one -on -one time. And I've said that um, when we tell the testimony of um, infidelity and separation and, and ultimately choosing our marriage, uh, at the worst, I didn't want to share parts of my life with you. I didn't want to share books that I liked or movies that I liked or highlights of my day because that seemed to be bait for you to, you know, cut me down or to, to pick at something and be passively aggressive. And so that was a good indicator that, no, I didn't really like you. And a lot of times, so we were kind of that we had reached a boiling point and we're just trying to cope. If you hear somebody else saying that they don't want to share certain parts of their life with their spouse, you might have to say, I think there might be a problem. They may not see it for what it is. Uh, so that's definitely a red flag that Absolutely. maybe you don't see it for yourself, but uh, if you see it in another marriage, definitely say something. So. For those of us who are part of this discussion, asking the question, do you enjoy being with your spouse? And hopefully you can answer that affirmatively. That's another one. You could, yeah, you could, there's a like right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, if you do, hit that, hit that like button because it's, uh, we, we know that we're speaking to all different kinds of marriages and it's always helpful to know, one, people have been in an unhealthy marriage and now um, are, are healthy and others, it, you know, there's just that that community of people who enjoy being around each other and who enjoy sharing. That's that's really what the love seat is, is about. It, you know, an online marriage ministry to kind of encourage and to equip and to support uh, in both, both the good and the bad. Uh, we we don't want to just talk to people who are having troubles in marriage. We love to hear from those who are enjoying uh, their marriage as well. So another question to ask along that would be. Uh, not only do you like spending time with your spouse, but even more specifically, if you have a date night, is your date night surrounded by the fact that you two are together and spending time together? Or is the date night really just, it's just this release from the mundane or the release from the normal, whether if you have kids, whether you don't have kids and you just want to get out of the house because you wanted to go see this 
movie that you really liked or eat that burger at that one place that's really good because they have the sweet potato fries that you really enjoy. That's a personal thing for me. But is your date night surrounded about you two connecting or is it just about the activity or getting away from what you normally do? If you're at a restaurant, are you one of those pairs where each person is on their phone? Are you doing something else? And even if it's not a date night when you're at home yeah, and you're maybe the, just you're in the kitchen after dinner cleaning up or you're seeing each other for the first time after you've been at work or been apart for the day, what does that look like? Are you focusing on the other person? Are you really listening? Are you taking in? Are you asking questions? Are you actively asking mm. questions because you're engaged in the conversation? Or are you just listening for the five minutes that you need to listen? And then you can go on, watch TV, read your book, zone out, be on your phone, whatever it might be. Those those kinds of behaviors, the, that body language is important to take note of in yourself as well as your spouse. Because what you're doing conveys what you're feeling at the time yeah. to your spouse. I know that there have been times where yeah. it's the end of the day and after having spent the day, because I work part-time from home, so I'm with the kids the majority of my time, it'll be 9 p.m. and we're finally together and I just want to either read a book or just completely zone out on Facebook and you're saying, hey, I'm at the other end of the couch. And I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but understanding, and, and there have been times where I have said, this is what I want to do right now. And that doesn't mean anything towards you. Right. But you know that me being an introvert, me being just, I uh, get overfield and, and <laughs> overdutched and over talked to that I don't really have anything to say at that point. Right. But it's that awareness. It's that give and take. So we yeah. can still say... I can't talk right now, but you can accept that yeah. and know that yeah. in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, tomorrow, we'll talk. Yeah, husbands, really, honestly, take note. If you have a pen and paper, I mean, if you don't, if you have your phone, just don't badger your wives. This is not an excuse to be like, I'm listening. Tell me, what, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. What do we need to talk about? That's because... You, each of our wives is made differently. And I know with Carrie, I can push a little bit to say, should we connect? And if she needs to decompress, I need to let her decompress. Uh, we connect multiple times per week. Uh, well, we connect, you know, multiple times per day, but an actual honest conversation, which if you remember earlier this week, posted on Facebook, this idea of making sure you have at least one honest conversation per week, this would be, you know, a part of that. You don't need to have those all the times you see her and you don't need to hover around her. Uh, understanding what she needs when she needs it is just as important um, and can be just as toxic if you're you know, over trying to get into her world than if you were removed from it. So husbands, just remember to take your cues from your wife and you don't have to say, well, let's talk now because I'm ready to talk because maybe she was ready to talk earlier and you were off doing something else. So you need to respect each other's time, um, but also find that time to connect. So that's why uh, we make sure that we have some evenings or, or some time where the kids know we're just going to go off and, and be together uh, so that those other times, maybe if I wanted to talk and you were doing something, I can, I am fine with that. I, I, I don't feel as if that's a hit against me or how you're feeling about me. Sure.
So in continuing with the litmus test, another yeah. good indicator to ask yourself is when you're talking about your spouse, when you're with friends, when you're with other couples, I suppose it's more when you're with friends, what yeah. does the, uh, your attitude towards your spouse, what is the verbiage, what are the words that you're using? Are you talking highly of your spouse? Are you complaining? Are you... Your body language? Uh, if you're, you know, if you have kids, what is your, how are you talking about your spouse to your kids? Just what comes out of your mouth when you're talking about your spouse, whether it's a matter of just relaying your day or you're talking about, um, you know, just in conversation, what does that sound like? And when she says that again, we're talking about what would be the average or even the majority of what you're saying? Because there are always those times you have friends that you share uh, and they're there to, to talk maybe things through with you or, or to pray with you or just to do life with you. And we understand uh, that there are times where you will uh, share um, not positive things with those people to, to maybe process. Uh, we want to make sure you're processing with your spouse, though. That's you know, number one is making sure that you've gone to them before you go to others. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we want to say the majority of when you're talking with your friends and, and, and especially your kids, if you have kids, is it positive or negative things that you say? What's that tone? What's that body language about your spouse? We've had an agreement and I'm not entirely sure how long it's been. It's not from day one, but I don't think it's, I think it was prior to our separation. We have an agreement that no complaining no discouraging talk. I'm not going to talk negatively about Doug until I've talked about that same topic with him. So it's okay to talk about something that I'm discouraged or something that bothers me, you know, assuming that it's pertinent to the conversation you're having with a friend, whether it's helping another wife with her husband or just um, talking about the course of, of the week and mentioning something that you did that got on my nerves. Uh, the idea being that you have heard it from me first, so it's okay to talk about it. Not It's not a gossipy thing. It's yeah. not a, oh, I can't wait to talk about this and have somebody else commiserate with me or share battle stories about how frustrating marriage can be. It's not that. we have, But we have an agreement that we share those things between us first. And it's, I mean, it's amazing you put it into words of uh, gossip because I think a lot of people, they are not going to see it that way. Uh, But if you're not talking with your spouse and you're talking with someone else, you are not allowing them the opportunity to to have their voice in a situation that they're involved in and you're talking to someone else about that. What is that? That's gossip. That's probably over here. That's... Acidic. That's that's acidic. That's right. We got to move, 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 move it over. Move closer. Move it over. Okay, another another question that we have here um, is if a misunderstanding occurs. All the time. When a misunderstanding occurs, do you? How, how do you receive that? Do you receive that as that was a misunderstanding? Um, what were they really trying to say? How you know? Instead of thinking through that, do you become defensive and just assume that what they were saying was attacking in nature, uh, or was you know a fight waiting to happen? You're just you're 
you make an assumption based on what they say in a, in a moment of miscommunication to be an attack on you. We had an issue or instance, we had an instance this weekend where we were both, we were in different places Saturday morning and Saturday was just a go, go, go sort of day. And part of those go, go, go times included some sensitive conversations. And so it wasn't just a running errands and doing things sort of a day. So we had been apart for the morning. We come together and I'm feeling a little frustrated. And I'm also thinking about the afternoon's birthday party. And I asked you something. And when we first greeted each other from being apart, we, we, we hugged each other and we had... Um, you know, asked how things were going. And as soon as I asked you if you had done something, then you switched into get stuff done mode and your body language changed. And, mm. uh, I do remember, you know, we kind of, we talked it through and, and a few minutes later I came to you and I remember apologizing and saying, I realized that we were not each in a vacuum when we were apart. Mm. I think there's, I think yeah. it's so easy to have understandings because you come home from work and you've been doing, you know, a lot of different things. Your your day also includes um, coaching and personal training. So you have a variety of interactions during the day. And sometimes my days are, I'm mostly at home. Sometimes my days I'm out more. So, uh, but the main factor for me is interacting with our kids. And it is just so easy to only be focused on your day. I'm thankful that you're home and I just want to unload or I just want you to be sympathetic to me. And it isn't always my first inclination to be sympathetic to you. And sometimes it has to be a manual switch where I flip it and I say, I'm going to really, I'm going to listen to everything about your day. I'm going to focus on you because no matter what I went through today, it's just, that's life. And that's part of the the, the, my particular responsibilities. And for my part of that, when I come home, realizing everything that she's kind of going through and doing, you know, I see it as my job to come home prepared to support her. Uh, and it, sometimes I've had bad days and I do it better some days than other days. Uh, but when I come home, I'm thinking, you know, what, what are your needs? What do you need to talk about? Are there things that I can do to help you um, you know, specifically for us, we have young kids. So is there something I can do with the kids? Um, if we didn't have kids, it would be, you know, are, is there laundry I can help put away? Whatever it might be within the household. Um, if you both are working spouses and you come home, there's obviously chores to do. Dinner hasn't been made or there's picking up from something to be done. And how willing am I to forget about my day and invest in your day and, and get dirty with whatever your needs are. And when we both come at it from that angle, uh, it's no one is, you know, no one has hurt feelings or thinks the other person doesn't care because we're both thinking about the other person. And by doing that, our own needs are being met because the other person's thinking of us. It's great how that works. Yeah. Um, so when you're, when you're having a conversation, I, I think what we want to, we want to encourage a couple, a couple things, have that honest conversation at least once a week. You should, we, we, we would love you to talk more, but at least have an, one honest conversation per week and set aside time for that where you both are ready to have a discussion. It shouldn't just be on the fly. You should know kind of that this is a time that, that we're going to connect. And if it's been a while, you might plan for longer. 
You might plan a Saturday afternoon, Friday right. evening, Saturday evening, kind of have it be longer. But if you're having those regular conversations, then it can be, it can be a shorter period of time. Use those when you're speaking. Use those I statements, not you statements. So, um, I felt. When this happened, I felt. When this happened, I felt. Instead of the you statements of when you did this, it, uh, because that automatically makes the other person on be on defensive, and we want to move away from that. We want to get into investing and talking to one another and hearing one another and being validated, not sitting back and wondering, okay, how am I going to respond because they did something wrong, but they didn't quite understand the day I had, or they didn't understand my point of view on that. So if you use the I statements, it's much easier for the receiver to hear what you're saying. Uh, When you're the receiver, you want to make sure that you don't get defensive. When you're having honest conversations, it's not about you really, in the sense it's about them allowing you to uh, have a window into how they're feeling or where they're at. And you need to affirm those emotions, saying, still using I statements, I could see why that would make you feel that way. Uh, Because we're not, uh, regardless of what culture might say, women and men are, are very similar in a lot of their emotions. And women aren't off the cuff, wildly, overly emotional. And men aren't always completely cold and reserved. We have a lot of common ground emotionally, and we all want to be uh, validated to know that we are not odd or weird for the way we feel, um, and we want to be encouraged uh, as well. And, and when you use those I statements instead of the you statements, it really helps not only to share what you're truly feeling, uh, but for the other person to not get defensive. Because once they get defensive, uh, it really the conversation doesn't really go anywhere. So remember, if you're receiving it, don't get defensive. It's not about you. It's about listening to your spouse and being able to just affirm them and validate their feelings. Yeah, there isn't a regular, there isn't a pat answer for how to do marriage or how to, if you're too far to the acidic or too far to the other side, there isn't a one, two, three steps and you're going to get back to neutral. It is specific to your marriage and only your spouse can answer the question of, you know, how does it, are we spending time together? When we're together, are we focused on each other? You know, there's only, there's the two of you in your marriage and you are the ones who can answer these questions. You're the ones who can make the improvements and you're the ones who can make the changes. Absolutely. So we've been adding some resources to help you. We have um, things throughout the week to help you think about what the topic is. And that will include some takeaways for whenever you have a conversation. Those will be up this week that you could use. We also are going to continue to have uh, those Friday focuses uh, that will also also help you as you go into the weekend with your spouse, things to think on um, and to consider in your conversation. So we just want to equip you and encourage you. We're so proud of all of you. Thank you for spending some time with us. Give us a, a like if you uh, have enjoyed this. Uh, comment, even if you're not live, comment because we will monitor those comments and get back to you. We want to, again, share in your joys and your successes but also provide any help and encouragement that we can in any areas that you're struggling. And we all have just seasons of, uh, of, well, all different kinds of of struggles and emotions in marriage. We do, and, and we're here for you. In keeping with our choices in marriage, next week we'll be talking about the choice to surrender. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> surrender, it's more than you think it is. Maybe that's the, that's the tagline. Wonderful. No. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. We, uh, we just value you so much. Again, 
uh, let us know if you have any comments or thoughts. And we'll be in contact this week uh, through social media. We'll see you next week. Have a great evening, everybody. Living Like a Newbie is a production of The Love Seat, an online marriage ministry exploring God's faithfulness, forgiveness, and love. Visit us at theloveseat.org.